It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at threepointpod. The fellows will get enrolling right after this from our partners. Check out the Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center in the now building on the campus of Memorial Healthcare. Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center includes locker rooms, private showers, steam rooms, a sauna, a lap pool, and more, including a raised track for walking and running with views of the entire Memorial campus and surrounding area. Personally, I love it, man. Sunday, Saturday morning, get in there, get a good workout in, hit the sauna up, and I also do the steam room, so it's a perfect spot. I mean, I think it's only $12 for a day pass, but it For those of you who are looking to join for a winter membership, it's up to 15% off for your membership when it's paid in full. Memorial Healthcare strives to bring healthcare and wellness together, servicing patients' needs from diagnosis to treatment to rehab and beyond. For more details, go online at www.memorialhealthcare.org or call 989-720-CARE. That's 989-720-2273. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your larger, small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Well, happy new year, everybody. It's time for episode 295 of the three-point podcast. Before we do our sponsor billboard boys, are we dreaming? Are we dreaming? I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful dream last night, a little bit of a nightmare on the lions. We'll talk about both of those, but unbelievable college football playoff games last night. Yeah, we'll obviously get more into it, but it still seems like, yeah, it seems like a dream. Even though Michigan was favored and number one, for them to actually come out on top is pretty crazy. Especially the way they did it. And yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll definitely break that down. And speaking of the way they did it, we'll also break down what happened in Dallas. But uh, again, <laughs> I want to thank our sponsors. Uh, we're presented by Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center. Make sure you check out memorialhealthcare.org for everything they offer, including their big discounts for 2024. Also, I want to thank our partners, AZ Branding Solutions, Jacobs Insurance Agency, Corey Shook & Associates Real Estate Services, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House & Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Services. Mm-hmm. Well, in our little catch-up segment, you know, we brought in a new year. Uh, the good and the bad from my end, I mean, I've been sick for about a week now. You can probably <laughs> tell from my voice. But, I mean, if, if you're going to be sick, you're going to be laid up, you know, you you got excuses not to do anything around the house, why not do it during bowl season and just watch football, 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 right? That's yeah, about all I did. <laughs> you're right. I don't know how exactly how the weather is up in Michigan right now, but, you know, usually this time of year it's a little cold or whatever. So it's, a yeah, like you said, a good excuse to just hunker down inside and watch football. You know, there's some – Awesome. Probably some some movies, TV shows you can catch up on too. It's not oh, yeah. if you're if you're going to be sick, it's not a bad time of year to be sick. But right, but yeah, you know we ring in the new year. Um, we met up over the weekend, met up with my family in Kentucky, kind of a 
basically Newport, Kentucky. I mean, I don't know if you know, Ted, but right across the river from Cincinnati. Oh, it's an awesome view when you come down that hill and see Cincinnati, man. It's just incredible. <laughs> it is. I mean, and you got, you know, the Red Stadium and the Bengals Stadium right there on the river. We've yep. talked about Pittsburgh before, you know, with, with their stadiums right on the river yep. and a cool city. Cincinnati, I It's very, very similar. Matt, you froze up. Yeah, he froze on my I haven't gone there for any games. Uh, Hold on, Matt. Redo that thought. You froze for a minute. Yeah. But, yeah, Cincinnati, we've talked about Pittsburgh and everything with their stadiums on on the river and how cool that city is. But Cincinnati with the Bengals and Red Stadium right there, I mean, they've got – there's like eight bridges right there on the river. Um It'd be a cool place to go check out a game. You know, you don't hear about Cincinnati that much when you hear people saying, you know, you got to go to Fenway, you got to go to Kansas City, you got to go to San Francisco and, you know, all that. Cincinnati, it seems like really cool. So anyway, met up with my family, kind of a halfway point for us, um, stayed in a hotel, you know, had a, had a little weekend. It was my son's second birthday over the <laughs> weekend. So we did a little birthday thing for him, walked around the city a little bit, went out to a cool restaurant and... um yeah, just had a nice little weekend. Then we got back and rang in the new year, of course. But yeah, I, I didn't know, um, Ted, if you've, it sounds like you've been there. Yep. I didn't know if Cincinnati was one that you've explored a little bit or thought about going to a Reds game or even a Bengals game, I guess. But cool. Even Newport. Newport is the city in Kentucky right on yep. the river. That's a cool little town. A lot of bars and restaurants and yep. stuff right there. And then across the bridge is Cincinnati with the stadiums and everything there so yeah really really it made you know we were only there for two days like whatever two and a half days it made us think like we, we should go back sometime and do a little more exploring yeah cincinnati is a cool little city there like you said right on the river you know i i have been to a reds game but it's been quite a while it's been i haven't been to the newer stadium that, yeah. that's probably 10 years old by now yeah but yeah it's a neat town and it's very similar to pittsburgh like you said yeah um matt, matt i saw like on uh, a lot of a lot of families with young kids you know they they really want to still ring in the new year but they don't want to stay up until midnight did you guys pull one of those fake maneuvers where you <laughs> fire it up at like 7 30 p.m and act like that it was midnight or or what was your guys new year's eve like you guys know how my new year's eve i mean my yeah. girlfriend and all of her friends went out and they ended up staying the night at my place uh so they had a good time uh I, I I went to work probably like three or four hours early yesterday just because I'm like, I got to get out of the house. Like, I, I just got to get out of here. Uh, but other than that, it was pretty much a routine New Year's Eve, you know. Um, but what about you, Matt? What Basically, did so, you end up doing that? So your girl, your girlfriend and her friends went out and then came back to your place. And you didn't go out with them and you guys, have a drink you guys have heard it. I hate New Year's Eve. I will yep. never do New Year's Eve again. Not at the bars. Like if it was a house party. Oh, that'd be fun. Right. Um, and I'll be honest when they were getting ready and like going out, I was kind of like, man, uh, I kind of want to go out, but <laughs> I had to work the next day. And I just, I I know if I got there, I'd be like, I hate this. There's just too many people. So yeah. I just, I sat her out, <laughs> felt, felt pretty late, felt pretty lonely just sitting there on New Year's <laughs> Eve by myself, uh, watching Dick eating Clark dinner special. by myself. Yeah. I don't even remember. I'm trying to remember what I was even doing. I think I was watching like just YouTube clips. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, not the most exciting New Year's Eve. That's for sure. That's all Better right. than you last know, we, year's, though, if you remember last year's with the Michigan TCU game. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that and actually, that, it was funny, kind of remembering that how Michigan played earlier, of course, but then remember the Ohio State Georgia game was coming to, like they, it was coming down to the wire right at midnight. So I remember flipping back and forth, like the ball's dropping, but wait, Ohio State's about to win this game, maybe, and then they missed the kick, but wait, the ball's dropping. Uh, that was pretty crazy how that all unfolded. But we were thinking about doing something like that. What you mentioned, Jared, <laughs> but. 
after we we drove back on Sunday on New Year's Eve, after like the driving and stuff, our, our kids were just tired anyway. So yeah. they didn't they weren't trying to stay up. My wife and I stayed up. You know, we I don't know we have we have fun doing that, staying up for for New Year's and stuff. But um, no, we we didn't pull the trick on the kids at all. It would have been funny. I've seen people do do tricks like that on their kids, but. I have to imagine, Ted, with with you being a little under the weather, you you probably didn't make it. You probably didn't watch uh, Ryan Seacrest on ABC. If if I had to make a a guess, I probably haven't made it to midnight in fifteen out of the last twenty. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you don't even you don't even do the like I set your care. alarm at eleven fifty five and no, get up. No, and... means nothing to me anymore. It's, <laughs> it's just another day. Yeah. You know, back when I was Jared's age or even your age, you know, it meant a lot more, and definitely yep. would go out to. Uh, local establishments and bring in the new year right but <laughs> those days are long gone <laughs> yeah that's fair because i, I was going to ask if if you stay up which one do you watch um, um I the get one the, on cnn with andy cohen and anderson cooper or the dick clark no, no if i watch any it'd be dick clark but really i i don't know what happened to it this year <laughs> jared will laugh but i i enjoyed the miley cyrus one she did the last couple of years i don't think yeah. she did one this year so that's, she, that's, i thought i did see yeah, maybe she didn't do a full-on show. I thought I saw that there was another option that she oh, did, did she? one. There was a country one, I know. Yeah. And maybe maybe yeah, that's we, the one. There was one from Nashville, I think. Yeah, there was one from Nashville. Maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. Because, yeah, Miley did one last year, I know. We were watching that a little bit. Yeah. We've we've come to, you know, we we would watch the Dick Clark one now, of course, with Ryan Seacrest. Ryan Seacrest right. And Jenny McCarthy used to do it, but she, she wasn't there this year at least when we were watching it, but we've come to like the one on CNN with Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen. They're just super funny. They get really good guests yeah. and um, they take shots every hour. So that's kind of fun. They start, they start getting a little goofy and funny, but um, so, now we have, we have fun with it. So Anderson's back taking shots. I thought he got banned from drinking after that. So that we ago. looked that up. Cause there was a year that they were like wasted. Yeah. It was like 2020. I want to say it was three or four years ago. They were noticeably drunk <laughs> on air. So right when we turned it on, they were, we must've turned on like right at nine o'clock or right at, they were doing at the top of the hour, right? Every, every top of the hour. And they were doing one and we were like, wait, I, th I thought he got banned for doing that. So we looked it up and they came to like an agreement. Okay. Only one <laughs> shot at the top of each hour is what we can do <laughs> because I guess after that, that one year they kind of got banned, but then fans, we, we read this, we looked it up, fans wrote in and were like, no, you have to let them drink they're so fun and yeah you know they're funny like let them have a good time so they're like all right we got to come you can't get wasted right. but you know okay one shot per hour you know it gets you a little gets <laughs> what a like shot what a yeah. shot clock i mean do you <laughs> shot that's clock. like that's like the ultimate restraint i mean are they even like feeling it by the end of the night i guess they probably would over the accumulation who knows if that's just what was on camera and if they were right. doing more than that but no i've never really watched the new year's eve festivities they seem kind of cool the yeah. country one just happened to be on my TV for like probably 20 minutes. So I watched that for a bit. Uh, and it's kind of cool. Like every couple songs, there's a new like big time country artist coming out to sing. Yeah. So it was kind of sweet. But right. no, I don't know. I see I see the appeal because it is kind of just mass chaos. They're at Times Square, I'm guessing, the entire yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it it's, looks like a scene. It's, yeah, it's, it's one cool. of those bucket list things. You know, I've always thought it would be kind of cool to be in Times Square for New Year's. But now that I've reached the age I'm at, yeah. I, I couldn't deal with that. No, no way. <laughs> No, I remember when I lived in uh, Bristol, when I lived in Connecticut, you know, only a couple hours from the city, uh, people would go mm -hmm. if they weren't working. They would, a number of people would go there for New Year's um, and just take the train and stuff. But it seems like every time when people would come back, it wouldn't be like, 
best time ever. You got to do it. Like it was the best thing you've ever experienced. You know, yeah, they like you said, bucket list. Yes, it was cool, cool experience being there. But it was always something like the trains were way backed up because it was so busy. Or, you know, you can't leave your spot down there in Times Square yeah, to right. go pee or whatever. Otherwise, you're going to lose your spot. So you got people with diapers on or you got people just peeing in like Gatorade bottles or just yeah, peeing right hell. there on the ground, you know, or, you know, just like all that. Yes. Very cool experience. It's Times Square for New Year's Eve, but it's also like, uh, I don't know if it's really, like you said, <laughs> no, it's not, low, low it's 20s, not. 21, 22 years old, maybe Jared's maybe. age, but nah, I'm, I'm fine being on my couch, you know, just <laughs> with my and nice just warm to, couch. Basically just to watch a little electronic ball drop to the ground. Right. Like, right. There's, there's, it just, yeah, no, that's not, it, it, that's something I'll never go to. Um, but I'll, I'll appreciate people's stories that go. I yeah. know it's too many people, man. All right. Well, speaking of being on the couch, I think some of us were on the couch for some Did you, football. Go ahead, Jerry. Re- real quick, what is, what are your symptoms? What's been the, what's been the problem, man? I mean, oh, it's, it's the started, garden voice is down. Yeah. It started in my sinuses. You know, it, yep. it started with just rock hard crud in my nose, you know, for like <laughs> four days. And now, just yesterday, it started working its way down into the chest area. So now it's oh. bronchitis, you know. So, and not COVID, at least as yeah. far as I know. Lada took a test because she had it before I did. So I'm going to blame her. And also, <laughs> You know, we, Matt, I don't know if you've ever done this. I'll throw this out there real quick. Um, it's always, it's always a challenge trying to figure out, okay, what do we, what do we get the kids, our older kids, of course, for Christmas? And we decided this year to get an all-inclusive pass. Uh, the, the Michigan Science Center is yeah. a museum and you sign up for this pass and you can go to all these different museums throughout the country under your, your one pass. So uh, last Friday, we went up to Grand Rapids to their, their public museum up there, which was really cool. Yeah. Uh, Parker, Jessica's oldest, she is enthralled with bugs. Okay. Okay. And so they had this exhibit featuring bugs. So that was the whole point of going. But, you know, if I didn't get it from my wife, I'm sure I got it from all these little crud kids <laughs> running all over the place at this museum. So, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. But I've been under the weather ever since then. Yeah. Yeah. Th- th- those museum passes are cool. I know there's, you know, other, yeah, like you said, there's museums all over that you could hit up. And if you guys are traveling, see right. if there's one in the area. That That is a cool gift because, you know, then they can take their kids and, and you know, an experience. You always hear about the experience gifts over the toys yeah. and clothes or whatever. Um, but, yeah, the, the kid thing, my kids, like one of them had pink eye a couple weeks ago. <laughs> the other one oh, did, wow. like other cold. I mean, when they're going to school, daycare, or like you said, a museum when there's a bunch of kids running around oh, yeah. sneezing on each other, coughing. Human petri <laughs> and then the parents, you know, you're you're with them all the time. You're just you're bound to get something. It's exactly. almost like, well, I know I'm gonna get this here in a week or two. So yep. just start taking my vitamin C now and hope it's not too bad. Amen. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that's our little catch-up segment. Again, we want to say happy new year to all our listeners, followers, our sponsors, especially, but uh, the reason that they follow us is they want our opinions on what's going on in the state of sports, especially in Michigan. And we'll be right back and talk about Michigan Wolverine football right after this. 
Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Jacobs Insurance Agency has served Shiawassee County and the surrounding areas since 1977. Just like Three Point Podcasts, we've had three generations, Gary Jacobs Sr., Gary Jacobs II, Brian Jacobs, and myself, Noah Jacobs, serving our community with offices in Waterford and Owasso on M21, just west of Home Depot. Stop in or go online to jacobsinsurance.com to get a quote or get your questions answered by our team. Jacobs Insurance is a proud supporter of our local schools and the proud sponsor of the Prep Spotlight. Ensure everything, local, independent, and trusted. It's our family working together to protect yours. That's the Jacobs way. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. All right, guys. I mean, just let's just set it right on the table. Wasn't the prettiest of games, but man, it was a hell of a game. (laughs) You look at it that (laughs) way. It was amazing. Well, the the Rose Bowl always delivers. And, you know, I don't know if people out there checked out our, our instant reaction video that we did right after the game, but it was, it's one of those games that even if it's two teams that you don't really maybe care about, there's just something about the Rose bowl. I saw someone, someone tweeting about it. It wasn't like Joel Klatt. It was some, one of the like national media members, maybe it was Rich Eisen or someone tweeting about it last night after the Michigan game saying the Rose bowl just seems bigger. Something about it. Even when you're watching on TV, like even, you know, you're watching the Washington, Texas game and you know, it's a playoff game. It's exciting. It was a shootout. But like watching the Rose Bowl just feels different. I don't know if it's, you know, the cool views with the mountains, you know, the sun always sets, starts off a bright L.A. day and then the sun sets throughout. So then it turns into a night game and you've got those awesome Michigan jerseys under the lights, the cool, the classic Alabama jerseys under the lights. And, you know, of course, when it's Fowler and Herbie calling the game and that just makes it more epic. I will I will be curious to hear if you guys watch that or if you watch the McAfee or any of the other ones. I, I Pretty sure I know the answer, but mm-hmm. no, there's just overall before before the game, the Rose Bowl is just so cool. They always have great scenics to go to oh, break, yeah. you know, of the stadium. They've got the drone views. Um, so yeah, when you're when you're watching the Rose Bowl, and then especially when it's Michigan pulling yeah. out a crazy win, I mean, that's just you know. Now we got to go watch a national championship game in a week. It almost mm-hmm. feels like that was the national championship game. Yeah. Almost. It, it the Rose Bowl, I mean, it can't be beaten for all the reasons you guys have said. I don't know how it's sunny every year. <laughs> it's the same. It's the same weather every year. Sunset, Pretty much same way every year. I don't. I don't know how we've never had a. It seems like I've never had a rainy Rose Bowl in my lifetime. Um, and then when you put in the fact that it's Michigan versus Bama, and it's for all the marbles, college football playoff. It was it, the stars aligned for what was a, a perfect night in college football. Not only that, that was a great game. The Washington uh, Texas was also a great game. But like you said, I think it's something to do with the fact the Rose Bowl's outside. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. 
pack house and like i just i hate the domes that they always play these semifinal games in and always the national championship i wish that they would go to some more of these outside venues i really do i mean it play it wherever I, like if it, if it has to be on the west coast because of that most of the time you know so be it but um what a what a game i, I really what more can be said i mean we're gonna obviously talk about it for probably the next 20 30 minutes maybe more <laughs> but it just was unbelievable. I'm still pretty much in shock. It's a game that my entire lifetime, we were talking about this before we recorded, it's a game my whole lifetime, all my sports teams, not only just the Michigan Wolverines football team, a game like this, it, maybe they play close, but at the end of the, at the, end of the game, they're going to rip your heart out. That moment just never came. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, you guys know, I, I thought they were going to lose this game by two scores. I, I really did. And when McCarthy threw that first, you know, interception, <laughs> oh were you, I mean, what was your guys' thoughts with that happened? Let's just talk about that play for a second. I mean, when that happened, it was, oh, my God, it was deja vu. It was like we it were was. reliving the TCU game. Yeah. And thank God that guy's toe ended up being out of bounds because yeah. what a horrible, horrible way to start that game. I mean, it was literally the first play of the game. Yeah, it was the first play of the game. And I didn't, you know, when he started rolling out, I was like, cool, cool. You know, either take off or throw it. And it was one of those weird things. Like, was he really throwing it away? Was he trying to make like an amazing throw? Because you would think if he was trying to throw it away, he would just chucked it 30 he yards. Got out to, of yeah. So it's almost like he was trying to make an amazing throw. And then it, it really was. It was I just like I wasn't even like we. I wasn't even like settled into the couch and stuff. I was still like standing there, you know, trying to, all right, what am I going to eat? Well, you know, get my drink or whatever. And all of a sudden Alabama's picking the ball off and it was like, are you kidding me? And then, so, right. If, if that toe wouldn't have been down, I mean, they were on what, like probably the 30 yard line, who knows if they punch it in for a touchdown yeah. and that that's a completely different game. So outside of that play, um, you know, very head scratching, whatever, JJ, you know, maybe had a couple throws that were a little off, but he had there were some drops. There's pretty like obvious drops. Otherwise, I think McCarthy played a great game. We we talked about it last week, the last couple of weeks or whatever, on our Rose Bowl preview, that this McCarthy it, to me it almost came down to Milrow versus McCarthy. Who's going to have mm-hmm. the better game? Who's not going to turn the ball over? Milrow had the one big fumble, fumble which yeah. Michigan didn't score any points off of, but still it was a fumble. Um, McCarthy didn't turn the ball over. He threw three touchdowns and played a pretty efficient game, had a couple big runs. I kind of wish they would have let him run yeah. a little more, but he like ran enough, you know, a couple times they needed a big run. He did it. And, um, I, I think that was a legacy game, went to the Rose bowl and beat Nick Saban in Alabama. And especially with that last drive under, it was like under three minutes left. They needed a touchdown and, they went for it on fourth down with that little throw to Blake Corn. He made the big throw to Roman Wilson. That Roman Wilson made an incredible catch. Great catch. And, you know, like, so J.J. McCarthy, for all the criticism he gets, that all he has to do is hand the ball off. That's why his record, he's only lost one game as a starter. People are like, oh, well, yeah, they've got a great defense, and all he does is hand the ball off. No, I, th- I think he proved that if you need to rely on him, you you can rely on him to make big plays. I, I think he, he proved that last night. J.J. Mm-hmm. McCarthy – Jim Harbaugh said it. Jim Harbaugh said that he's the best quarterback in Michigan history. I mean, it's hard to argue. <laughs> yeah, it, it all came down to that drive, 20 to 13. I yep. mean, you basically that decided if he played a great game or or if you look back and you kind of scratch your head a little bit. I mean, they did. It was it was such a weird feeling like you almost didn't have fun the entire game. It was like you were just thinking back on all, like it was a new mistake every like five minutes, a new head scratching error. Even when like things didn't go wrong, like when Michigan finally did score 
and make it 20 to 20 and then they they bring in the new power returner thaw Ugh. and then he muffs it tell me in, in in a different life he muffs that scoops it up in the end zone gets tackled for a safety, safety. and that's how that game ends like that was like a that would that, if this was the lions playing in that rose bowl that's how it would have ended <laughs> it, it would have been a, a play like that 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 but probably was, ended up being the number one play of the game you know just him he, it was, yeah, yeah it was a good play by him to after the initial muff to yeah, yeah keep it in play and make sure that he got down at the one yard line but there were so many ballsy plays on that final drive. I mean, yeah. Sharon Moore, Ted, I, you kind of questioned some of his calls. I, I get some of the concerns with a lot of the trick plays, but I loved them. All of them really should have worked. I mean, you needed McCarthy to make one hell of a play <laughs> on the double pass for that to work. And the flea flicker was wide open yeah. if Coram just flips it back to him. I, so you, I don't really fault Sharon Moore for that. But what I did love is they had that little – we've been wondering where it's been all year – that little Blake Corum throw. We, I don't think we've thrown a pass to Corum all year. I know that's his first receiving touchdown. Yeah. Uh, and two critical junctures, they leaked him out of the backfield, and Bama wasn't even accounting for him either yeah. time, mm-hmm. and it just killed him. So I thought Sharon Moore had a good game. I just felt like it was more so the players on the field were making some kind of mental errors that they haven't made all year. I think the month layoff plays a big part of that too. I mean, they're not in week in, week out routine, you know, playing and and running those plays at full speed. I mean, I know it goes both ways and I will say this, I, you know, I'll take the bullet because man, when I'm watching the game and hitting the tech string for between you guys and the rest (laughs) of the family, it's all emotion, all emotion. That's all it is. (laughs) Yeah. It's emotion. I mean, you're, you're feel like you're out there on the sidelines, you know, that's the feeling you have going. Yeah. the, The trick plays. I mean, the, the double pass with Donovan Edwards, he kind of overthrew it, but he's the type of guy he's proven he can make those throws. So like, yeah. you, I'm not, I'm not mad at that. He just right. kind of overthrew McCarthy, but that play that McCarthy made, I mean, he went up, he's running backwards. Yeah. He Amazing. caught that ball with one hand. I mean, that that's a catch that you don't see receivers make. And then he spun around with a defender <laughs> coming at his face and threw it like off his back foot and really uh, like a dime. He threw it right to the the receiver. Yeah. So, and and that play that would have been one of those if he because it was a backwards pass. Oh, it's from, a from touchdown Edwards. for Bama, right? So right. if he doesn't get it, that could be a scoop and score. If he just catches it and gets sacked, it's like a fifteen yard loss. So that's just another play right there with what I was saying about McCarthy. That's one of those plays that you know prove yourself like winning time. Like if you're going to be a legendary quarterback, you make plays like that, and he did. And the the flea flicker, I'm just kind of like over the flea flicker. They do it every game. It's all, it's like, all right, you know it's coming every game. And yes, when when you see that replay, Herb Street was talking or Fowler, one of them said, like yeah. Michigan fans, you're not going to want to watch this because <laughs> Morris was wide open. Right. If McCarthy gets that clean, it, it's probably a touchdown. If he you know if he makes the good throw, but again, like you said, Corum had a dude coming in his face. He had to just quick, basically like try and flip it back. And so I just I'm not mad at the the plays they run that all the time so you knew it's coming at some point but I just I'm sure Ted you love it too I'm glad and when they went to overtime and even a little bit at the end of the game they said what's our bread and butter we're running the ball I mean we're overtime man we're going down with Blake Corum they brought in 13 personnel that that touchdown run that they had we we I tweeted out from our our three point pod uh, Twitter page. They had 13 personnel. They had five guys on the left side of the offensive line. The only guy, they had one receiver split out, Cornelius Johnson. Otherwise, every guy was packed in. And yeah, it's basically awesome. here, like hat against a hat. We're, we're running the ball. And 
it was perfectly blocked and Corum made a hell of a run. I mean, that was a a run to break the rushing touchdown record for Michigan in the Rose bowl in overtime against Alabama. I mean, there's nothing more legendary than that. And it was just an amazing run. So it, it was, it was a game that like you've said, or we've kind of been saying a little bit since Bama's been there, Bama's won all these national championships with Nick Saban. Yes, this is a, a different era, maybe if you want to say that, of the Alabama dynasty, but they've been there. So it just kind of felt like with all the mistakes Michigan was making, they Bama got the lead at the end of the game. It just felt like, oh, I don't know if Michigan's going to be able to overcome no. that. You know what I mean? And so for the fact that they did, I think that makes – that gives Michigan even more credit in Jim Harbaugh and these players. Yeah. Well, Michigan obviously made enough offensive plays to get it done, but we haven't even touched upon the defense. Right from yeah. the get-go, the defense sent – they sent a message that we're here to play and, and you're going to have to deal with us. Yeah. And really, that helped when Michigan started off slow, when, when McCarthy did throw that interception that wasn't. The defense had to step up, and they played just so good that whole game. Milrow was running for his life half the time. He was. Yeah, and that, that's one thing. Alabama, one of their, I guess, Achilles heel all year is giving up sacks. Their offensive line hasn't been great. You know, Alabama always has all five stars on their offensive line, all guys that are going to be playing in the NFL. But this maybe isn't one of the better offensive lines for Alabama, and I think Michigan probably saw that on tape and said, hey, we got to get after Milrow, pressure him because he's super athletic, very skilled. But if you pressure him, you know, you can kind of rattle him and, and get him off his game plan, I guess. And that's what they did. I mean, what they end up with like eight sacks, seven, eight sacks. And yeah. and they were all big time sacks. I mean, when when Alabama was driving or when they were starting to change momentum, they would come up with a huge quarterback sack. And yeah, the defense played awesome. The the fumble that they forced, and you know, they didn't get beat. One thing. Milrow and Alabama, one one thing they they did all year, and we, we saw him trying, was hit those crazy deep balls. I mean, he would just drop back. One of their receivers would go, and he would just Unload, shoo, right. chuck it. And that worked in a lot of games for Alabama this year. They connected on those. And Michigan's uh, defensive backs did good. They didn't get beat deep. So, yeah, really, I mean, Michigan's defense, I feel like it's been this way basically ever since they went away from Don Brown, whether it was Mike McDonald or now Jesse Minter. Yeah, a very good defense that I feel like is like the the bend don't break type of defense. Mm-hmm. They'll give up some yards, and you know maybe sometimes a little frustrating, letting Milrow run a little bit, or like when C.J. Stroud with Ohio State would kind of carve them up a little bit. But they rarely—I mean—they only gave up twenty points to Alabama. Right. I mean that's that's impressive. Alabama's offense yeah. has been scoring more than that, so they play like a bend don't break type of defense. We'll we'll give you a little bit. Yeah, but we're not going to let you get in the end zone. Yeah, I was going to say Jared's hot take of putting forty-two points up against that Wolverine <laughs> defense didn't didn't last very well. <laughs> no, they they play well. Well, it's like with the Milrow experience. One, that's my first time I've sat and watched like an entire game of his. I mean, he is the athlete that everybody said he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he is basically a linebacker playing quarterback. I mean, I'm not sure if he's really making any reads out there. Um, other than like you said, kind of just what I like to call spraying and praying, just whip chucking it downfield, hoping one or two of them connects, uh, for, for some big plays that opens up the defense. But I mean, when he started kind of heating up in the second half, when Bama got that lead and it looked like they were draining the clock, I mean, until Bama shot themselves in the foot, it's like, there's Mm -hmm. no way we're going to be able to stop these guys running attack, but the defensive line came, 
came ready to ball, man. And Milrow just didn't quite understand how to maybe get rid of it a few times. And they had three or four of those sacks that were just absolute drive killers. Yeah. Um, and they played well. Will Johnson, I, I don't think we heard his name all night because which is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like <laughs> that's exactly what you shut want down. from your stud DB. Uh, shut down Jermaine Burton. I think he was targeted like four or five times when Johnson was covering him and didn't have any catches. Um, so beautifully, perfectly dialed up by Jesse Minter. I mean, we owe it all to that guy. Mike McDonald, we're all proud of what he's doing with the Ravens after just one year mm -hmm. resurrecting this defense from what it was with Don Brown. I mean, they're dialed in. Their game plans are sound week in, week out, and they finally have those kind of SEC athletes, especially on the defensive line, mm -hmm. to go out and compete with these guys. I mean, they were. How, have you ever seen Michigan or Alabama, for that matter, get mauled by a non-SEC team in the trenches like they did no. uh, in that Rose Bowl? I mean, it doesn't happen. It's surreal to, to see. I don't know if we'll ever see it again. That was unbelievable. Yeah. Now, a little, little negative side that they got to work on is special teams. I mean, oh, they boy, were yeah. terrible, man. I mean, they, they came into the game, so there's a metric that ESPN does, SP+. Plus. Um, it just There's different categories, but it basically measures how good you are in whatever category it is. They came into the, the that game ranked number four in the country in special teams efficiency, basically, in SP+. Plus. You know, it's basically your ranking of how good you are at special teams. They were ranked number four in the country, and we know we've watched every game this season. They've been good at special teams, you know. Field goal kicker was good, even after losing um, Moody last year, who's in the NFL right now. They, the kicker that came in has been solid. Um, they're usually good in the punt return game. And, you know, they're usually just good special teams, solid, you know, clean. And I don't know what was happening, but started with the missed field goal or the missed extra point. That was just a bad snap. I mean, the ball just rolled. I mean, you saw the replay. It was just a bad snap. I guess, you know, it happens sometimes. But that, that missed extra point came back to bite him a little bit. After, like I mentioned, after the Milrow fumble, they, the offense kind of sputters a little bit. And, uh, you know, I forget, it was probably like, what, a 40, 45-yard field goal. So, you know, decent, yeah. you know, kind of far. But that kicker is capable. And I mean, he shanked it. He looked like <laughs> looked like I went That's, out there and tried to kick that thing. So Heading into the championship, that seems like a bit of a problem. I don't know. It's like we haven't had to rely on our kicker. It feels like a ton this year. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know. And especially going into overtime when Bama has like what seemed to be like the best kicker ever freaking right. assembled on a college field, like Riker, I think his name was. Yeah. It's like all time leading score or whatever his accolades were. I was really nervous that it was going to come down to those like a kicking battle, like we see a lot of times in overtime. But then Blake Corum became that guy and made ahead a couple great runs. Um, what did you and guys make of the Alabama's punter, too? When when yeah. they needed to flip field position, he was he was yeah punting <laughs> daggers the ball too. What did I mean? I don't know. Samaj Morgan. The one positive I had heading into the game was that he was going to have a great game. Uh, was not his best game. No, I, no, everything I've said lately, man, has just been dumber and dumber. Ain't <laughs> Hutchinson had the greatest game I've ever seen played by a defensive end against the Cowboys. We'll talk about that later. Um, they need to figure out some this return thing. I I I, I don't know who this Matt. You said that this thaw guy has. Punts all year. Questionable decision sending him back there. Yeah, I think so. Too, I, don't care if it's, I don't care if it's, you know, um, some like a, a Dunze for Washington or some, some stud. You just throw him back there with the lights that bright. It's like, I, God, they should have just not even had anybody field that punt. Right. Um, it just, I mean, you saw what happened. You field at the one yard line, you're still going to be able to figure it out and get it out. So that they need to figure out some secondary option. I think it's probably Roman Wilson. Maybe he gets a little few more reps at Palmer Turner this week. Uh, okay. And if we have an issue like what we had with Samaj Morgan in the Rose Bowl, he can go back there and return some punts. But I don't know. That's 
there's it, something needs to be addressed with that. It's yeah. funny, you know, Morgan, he tried to make the play on that first one that he that he muffed. But yeah, he caught the he fair caught all right after that. It was a yeah. very questionable time to pull him out, I thought. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and I got one other comment that says old school. What I, I know punters are great and they're accurate kicking that ball down to the 10 yard line or close to the goal line. Whatever happened to the punt return guy standing at the 10 yard line, and if that <laughs> ball goes over his head, just let it go. What that's, happened to that? That's usually the what the um like the unwritten rule or whatever yeah. of, of as a punter. It's like returner. the peewee football rule. That's right. like what that is. But what's wrong with that rule? <laughs> Nothing. That's what I mean. I don't think anyone disagrees with you. Nothing. <laughs> no. And I'm sure um jay harbaugh is the special teams guy with with michigan i'm sure he's telling thaw that like yeah why were you even trying to field that i'm sure he was probably thinking i didn't want the ball to get pinned at the one inch yard line so okay but right the cardinal rule or whatever the unwritten rule is that goes over your head from the like the 10 you just let it go yeah right what's that didn't Samaj have one bounce that he didn't field? Yes. And so I'm guessing I can yeah. imagine Jay Harbaugh before Thaw goes out there, field the epping punt. Like, right. so he just is probably thinking, like, I got to field this no matter what. And, right. yep. and this is what ha- that's what happened. Because, yeah, that, that was one that. in in the text thread. That's what someone said. One of the things that Morgan did that was maybe a negative, he let that punt go and Michigan got pinned at like the five, four or five yard yeah. line or yeah. whatever. So that was one of those. But yeah, so Thaw, they, they had, remember, they had been alternating punt returners all year he was one he would come in i looked it up he had 16 punt returns this season so he was in there you know about half the time splitting duty and to me he seemed like the guy that was just like the sure-handed punt returner. you go back there you know he's going to catch it you know he's not going to do something stupid like the one that morgan muffed Mm -hmm. if he would have caught that clean he might have scored because he was already on a dead sprint and the replay looked like blocks were kind of setting up so i'm sure that's what he saw he probably was like, "Ooh, if I run up and clean this, I'm gone." And, that, and that's why I like having him as a returner. It's like he's he's not I, like he's not scared. It doesn't seem like. Right. I mean, it just was a freshman playing in the biggest game in Michigan's history. Right. I just think it's kind of like if you're probably due for something like that to happen. I, I'm not worried about him no. returning puns next week. I mean, if he muffs another one, then I, I'll yeah. be the idiot, you know, talking about it after on uh, next week's pod. But right. I don't know. Uh, what did yeah, you guys the, think? Of the, I'll just to piggyback off what Ted said, but bringing thought in at that time is the one thing that I think was a little head scratching. Like, you know, you always hear about whether it's a kicker or whether it's a backup quarterback or a a pitcher in baseball, you know, whatever it is coming in at the end of the game when you've been sitting all day, you know, your nerves and your, your body's tight and, you know, just like everything. That would be the one thing I'm not on that coaching staff, of course. So it's easy for us to say, but that would be the one thing like, and I even, like under I was, my, my daughter was actually still up at the time and my wife, we were sitting there watching and I kind of like under my breath, but said out loud, like they're bringing him in now. Mm. And my wife, even she said like, what? And I, I was just watching the game, but right. then, of course he muffs it. Not that I'm some Nostradamus or whatever, but I was just like, why? No, it was, why it was head doing this now? But like it's, if they were that worried about it, I think you just let it bounce. Let man. it bounce. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it worked out obviously, but right. I hope, you know, it's one of those things. The the broadcast after the muff punt for Morgan, like the next drive, it was one of the next two drives. They threw him a little bubble screen. I love seeing that because it's like, dude, get this out of your head. But then he had the awful drop that went. I mean, Later, it went right. straight through his hands. Oh. If he would, it, it was a rocket from McCarthy. If he would have caught that, who knows how long he goes. So that was another play where, like, come on, man, like right. what's going on? Got to catch that um, ball. But I, I like seeing them 
give give him the ball in that bubble screen. Like get this, get that muff punt out of your head. And go go make a play. I gave kudos to Sharon more earlier, but I'll be honest, like he had a couple really nicely dialed up plays, but again, it felt like when we were watching that game, it was the conservative kind of, and they ended up winning. So you can't fault right. them. Right. But it was the conservative kind of like BS that we were seeing all year. That was like making me sick. It's like mm-hmm. this McCarthy, we hear about how he's, you know, the best quarterback in Michigan history, Andrew Luck. He's a first round guy. Like it feels like they, they like are like babysitting him all game where I don't know until that they needed to, until they really needed to uncork some on that final drive. It's like, did he throw a ball more than 10 yards down the field? It's like, they're going to need to air it out against Washington. Uh, I know we're not necessarily looking ahead already, but we're still soaking in this victory, but do you think they going to need to see more from them in that Washington game? Do you think they kind of have the mindset going into games where it's like, if our defense is so good, if you don't lose the game for us, don't throw that crazy interception deep. Don't do some crazy run and fumble it. Don't lose the game for us, and we're going to win the game. Do you think they go into games basically with that mindset 100%. because our defense is so good? 100%. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that's why so. they're a little conservative yeah. with the play calling. You know? The head-scratching thing to me also, we, we know Blake Corum's just phenomenal. Like I said, I think the greatest running back in Michigan history is numbers back it up. But – what ha- what's happened to Edwards? I mean, just not, not getting much out of him. I don't know. Like if it's, I mean, again, we're not on the coaching staff, right. so we don't see what's going on, but I don't know if they just don't trust him type of thing, but seeing what he did last year in those games when he had to start, when Corum went down, I think he proved enough. I just wish they would figure out a different way to get him the ball because yeah. he's not necessarily between the tackles like Blake Corum. You can't, you know, he's not a power running back. I wish they would throw him like, like you you mentioned, Jared. Those throws to Corum where he would leak out, and then they dumped it off to him. I wish they would do that with Edwards. Let him get in space, use that speed. Maybe even you know split him out in the slot and throw him a bubble screen, so some blockers can get out and you know get him in space. I wish they would just figure out different ways to use him. Yeah, all right. It it, like it's kind of hard. Them. It's hard not to go down with Corum when he's yeah. right. You know. It, yeah, no, I have, and that's I don't I don't know if those those leak out plays work with Edwards. It's just because Quorum is such a. It's like we never see him catch the ball. That it's right. it's like that's almost part of the strategy is like having Quorum out there to catch those. But I wish they would use him more like Amon Ra. Like uh, he's not the receiver, yeah. obviously, but like how the Lions are creative with how they. But they, they give always Amon they Ra always said that he three, could like, be a handoffs. receiver. Yeah, and he okay. like in uh, in compared to the other receivers we're trotting out there. I mean, I love uh, they had basically Barner and Loveland in almost every play. <laughs> it felt like uh, because those are their best guys that are tight ends. It just seems like we could use Edwards in a few more creative ways. You know, yeah. whether it's shovel passes like where he lines up in kind of the wing spot, like we see with Amonra or something like that. A few more touches a game, yeah. but uh, yeah, just because of know. like the the game breaking speed that he right. has, you know, like. Right. It almost feels like when he touches, you're almost like waiting for that one cut and then he's gone. Right. But they keep well, just handing him the ball up the middle. Well, he hasn't like, like he just hasn't been that route runner out of the like we saw like you know like he to, for him to be really really good and to be fully like he has to be like a Christian McCaffrey where it's like you can he is he basically a, a receiver lining up at running back yeah right? and you can run option routes with him and you can basically just wreak havoc on like man to man coverage from linebackers or safeties and we just haven't seen that type of route running from him maybe it will come out I mean I really think we're gonna need. I'm going to say what I said in the semifinal game. We're going to need 35 points, I think, to beat Washington. Nobody can stop Washington, it looks like. Um, But one last little tie of bow on maybe on the Rose Bowl. What did you guys make of Alabama's final play call 
uh, after two long timeouts and coming out and basically just going Jalen Milrow up the gut. Um, what'd you guys make of that? Then I'll give my thoughts. Well, I just heard Ted say terrible. So I think we know his <laughs> thoughts. My, my only, I don't disagree with that. My only one thing is like, like I've said, you know, Michigan basically said we're going down with Corum. He's the guy that got us here. So that's why I don't disagree with Alabama's call. Milrow is the guy that got you there. Really, his running is what got them. It wasn't really his passing that got them the lead. Up the so middle I, run, though, is the one I have a problem with. Right, know? just snapping him the ball the and saying, yeah, I would have liked – I mean, I wouldn't have liked to see because it might have worked. But if I was right. an Alabama fan, I would have liked to see, yeah, maybe – a sprint out with maybe an option. An option like you can either I mean, a similar play to what, to what we ran to Roman Wilson to, to, to tie it at 20, right. basically. Something so, like that. Just something like that. Yeah. So it, I liked it as a Michigan fan. I loved fan. it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you I watched mean, the replay. We uh, we retweeted it and stuff. You watched the replay from the side. Michigan's offense or defensive line, I mean, they yeah. destroyed that play. They did. I mean, they just blew that play up. We had Rod Moore was even blitzing in. So – it's almost like, yeah, after two timeouts, both teams traded timeouts. It's almost like our Minter and who, whoever else on defense were like, crash this play. They're running Milrow up the middle. Yeah. And if they, he if he sprints out and beats us, okay. But, <laughs> yeah, well, they were all keyed on Milrow. It they was. were. And I, it, have you guys heard the opinion that basically, like, if, if it wasn't a low snap, like, he might have been able to get through. If you yeah. watch it, it does, like – because like, that low snapping took out all of his momentum, and he just restart. And yeah, by right. the time he even got going, it's like they're already in the backfield. Maybe I could see a world Maybe. where somehow he ekes through or, or sheds a tackle if he's just full head of steam right. uh, down the tracks. I mean, that's not a tackle I'd want to make. Uh, yeah, the, the whole thing I have a problem with the national championship game is on the line, and that's the right. best play you could dial up. Right, it's after two timeouts. <laughs> right, after right. two timeouts, just give him a run pass option. Minutes. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I thought when I first watched it. I was like, this this looks like it was a run pass option with the guy motioning out of the backfield, and it looked like Milrow just like predetermined, I'm running this damn ball. Yeah. And then they talked Saban afterward. That's not what it was. It's a planned run the whole way. Just wow. give him an option. Uh, right. Just get him out of the perimeter is what I would like to have seen if I'm Bama. So I see why people have a problem with that call. What I threw out the take in my instant reaction that. It felt like Michigan was the better team. Like yeah. the whole game, no it question. felt like it was just they were shooting themselves in the foot. I threw it out. I mean, I don't see a world where Michigan loses that game unless yeah. there's a there's a world where McCarthy throws three interceptions, which maybe is one out of every ten games. That was a better team. I can't yeah. believe it, but it did not feel like a fluke in any way, or it didn't feel like a game of a lifetime to Michigan, which usually seems like what you need to beat Bama or Georgia. It just seemed like a better team that just made just enough plays to win that game. They looked right. better almost at every position, it felt they like. Did. Well, I think we finally saw that Jim Harbaugh has finally – he's built the program. Like, it's 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 established. It's there. When they went up against Georgia two years ago, Michigan was a good team, but they weren't on that level. You know, they weren't even close to that level what Georgia was. Now, even though Alabama's full of five stars and, yeah, the SEC and all that, this Michigan team can go toe to toe with them. I think yeah. they could beat Georgia. I think they, they they can beat anyone in the country this year because of the athletes, the offensive line, because of McCarthy. They're yeah, yeah. They they were. I think they're the better team. And well, they, they could have lost. It was one of those games. You know who knows? They, let's they wrap up the lost. Michigan talk with the head coach. You know we we talk about it every week. Um, we we got to soak it up. You know we know we got Jim Harbaugh. One more week for sure. At uh, least one more week. <laughs> at least one more week. And it could go one of two ways. He could be already gone, could be going yeah. to the NFL, could be going to San Diego after this championship game, win or lose. But in our lifetime and in our world of dreams, 
he could also <laughs> sign a 10-year contract and be the premier college football coach for the next 10 years at the University of Michigan with that brand and what they've done so far. It could be recruits wanting to go there just like they want to go to Alabama in the Saban era, just like they go to Kirby Smart at Georgia, which, by the way, uh, that's, a, that's a pretty good Georgia team that got left out of the right. playoffs. But the whole Harbaugh thing, you know, it's all speculation, but wouldn't it be awesome if he said, damn it, I'm a Michigan man, I'm staying. Yep. Yeah, and and I don't think anyone knows what Jim Harbaugh is going to do. Even the reporters that think, you know, since he mm-hmm. is working with an NFL agent that shows he's going to go to the NFL, I understand how that looks, but I don't think anyone knows. I don't even think Jim Harbaugh maybe knows. Maybe maybe he does. Maybe I he knows. He does. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure he is at least leaning one way or the other, you know, but it, if he's going to stay, this is the time because I'm not saying Nick Saban and Alabama's dynasty is over, but you can see they're not they're not like flawless like they were, you know, eight, ten years ago. Georgia's beatable as, as good as Georgia is. I agree. They, they probably could have been in the playoff, but they're you know, they're beatable when you're this good. They've clearly they've gotten over the Ohio State hump. Um, we'll see how they do next week against Washington. But if he's going to stay and sign that 10 year deal, it would be now. Because the like the stock is high. Transfers are going to, with the portal, they're going to want to come to Michigan. Recruits are going to want to come to Michigan with the NIL and everything. So if, if he's going to sign that 10-year deal and be like, yep, NFL, I'm done. I'm staying in Ann Arbor. It'd be right now. I mean, win or lose next week in the national title game, especially if they win. But right. yeah. it was pretty sweet seeing him host that Rose Bowl trophy. Yes. And just think about all the people who've been hating on him all year, or really the last eight years or whatever, just hating on him. All the, the, you know, radio show talk, uh, radio show hosts that call him overrated and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And he's up there hoisting up that, that Rose Bowl <laughs> it, trophy. But it, it felt good, man. I mean, my whole life I've been trying to, and just growing up where we are, I mean, whatever, 25 minutes outside of East Lansing, so like you're surrounded by state fans, it feels like right. you're almost like drowning at some point. And, you know, you felt like our whole life, at least mine, going through, you know, sit at this, the school table, the lunch table, you're defending like what you think Michigan program is, that they are up there with the Bamas, that they are up there with Georgia, Ohio State, all those. And it's just like, and for like your whole entire life, you had everybody clowning you, like Michigan State fans, whoever, Ohio State fans, basically saying that's not true. You guys, you guys are not what you think you are. Especially, and finally, vindicated. We especially during especially during the stretch that you grew up during, right. during the Rich Rod Brady host in every game to Michigan state, essentially. Right. It's yeah. just, I never, I seriously, I think I, this seemed more unlikely than like a lion's super bowl. The the fact that they're really here, that they're right on the precipice of the mountaintop of college while they're beating Bama, they're, they're Hoist and Rose bowl trophies. They're winning big 10 championships. It, it just doesn't seem real. Right. I never thought that we would get here. And we, I mean, you guys lived it, that Ohio state mountain, seemed insurmountable it and then did. this this sec georgia bama college football playoff mountain seemed insurmountable so it's just they keep checking things off the box now there's only one more game to go uh i can't wait for it i mean who was there a team you guys wanted to see more so than another uh washington or texas i think washington's not a good matchup i mean michigan has great defensive defensive backs and they showed that and i'm not scared of anybody now that we beat bama but I mean, Washington's pretty impressive offensively. They got some serious firepower. Uh, it's going to be an awesome clash of styles. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be the complete opposite of what we saw uh, last night against Alabama, which seemed like a physical game. Even before the game, when Harbaugh was talking to Holly Rowe, he said he basically said this game is going to be won in the trenches. You know, whichever offensive defensive line wins is going to win this game. I almost think it's like the opposite against 
Washington, at least right now, you know, my, my gut feeling the Penix is going to put a lot more pressure on Michigan's secondary than Jalen Milrow did yeah. last night. They're the, the secondary will Johnson and the other guys, they're going to have to play their best game because Washington, I mean, he Penix can throw it all over the place, but if we see what Michigan's defensive line did against Alabama, if they can pressure Penix, then maybe that's going to, you know, throw things off. So I just, it's, I think Michigan maybe is going to have to have a different game plan too. They might need to rely on McCarthy a little more to, to keep up with Penix. So, yeah, I think the better matchup would have been Texas, even though uh, the game's in Houston. So Texas would have traveled real well with the fans, but right. I just think Penix, they, they got to deal with this kid, man. He can yep. play. Like, I, I don't remember if I said it on the air or off air, but I think he should have won the Heisman. And I watched I watched Washington play quite a bit this year. That's a damn quality team. Good team. Yeah. I mean, it, yep. too, it, it doesn't help when you have freaking two NFL wide receivers on the perimeter, Adunze and, and McMillan, right. and then just stud running back who's banged up. So I guess we'll see his status, but um should be awesome i mean that you almost wish you could replay the rose bowl with these yeah, two right. teams i mean they're made for the rose bowl man so yeah yeah well it'll be a fun game it's it's also cool to be talking about michigan in the national championship it's gonna be awesome man it's gonna be awesome go blue all the way well let's uh let's segue we'll take a little break and then we'll talk about the detroit lions and what happened in dallas and a <laughs> whole lot more right after this are you ready to take your brand to the next level look no further Introducing AZ Branding Solutions, where we help grow your brand from A to Z. At AZ, we're committed to helping businesses and organizations like yours reach new heights. Our full-service print and digital branding agency is your one-stop destination for all things branding. Need a stunning web or graphic design that captures your essence? We've got you covered. Want captivating social media content that engages your audience? Done! And that's not all. We're experts in video production and photography, ensuring your brand tells a compelling visual story. Plus, we specialize in screen printing and embroidery, turning your brand into wearable art that speaks volumes. Whether you're a startup or an established business, AZ is here to transform your brand dreams into reality. Ready to grow with us? Partner with AZ today and experience the difference. Visit our website at www.az.co or give us a call at 1-844-360-AZEE. AZ Branding Solutions, where your success begins. When it comes to an emergency, time matters. At Memorial Healthcare in Owasso, our emergency department is Fast ER. We feature low wait times, and we're just a short drive from Flint and Lansing. With emergency trained providers and verification as a level three trauma center, Memorial is an acute stroke ready hospital. For fast, friendly treatment of minor illnesses and injuries, Memorial Healthcare Urgent Care in Owasso and Durand is now open seven days a week with service from 10 a.m to 8 p.m. No appointment is needed and we're conveniently located on North State Road across from Meyer and Owasso and on Lansing Road in Durand. We offer on-site x-ray and lab services too. Stop in Monday through Friday 7.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. in Owasso and 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. in Durand. Saturday and Sunday lab hours are from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. in both Owasso and Durand. Memorial Healthcare, Fast CR, and with urgent care, lab, and x-ray services now seven days a week. We invite you to find out more and visit us at memorialhealthcare.org. Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services is the official and exclusive realtor and broker for Three Point Podcast. Corey and her team have been providing personal, 
exemplary service in real estate sales since 2004. Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services are total professionals helping you sell your current house or buying your dream home. Stop in at 216 West Exchange Street in Owasso, get info online at coreyshook.com, and follow on Facebook at Corey Shook Realtor for more details. If you are looking for honesty, ambition, and expertise, you're looking for Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services. All right, guys, I'll, ta- I'll set it up on the table here. I mean, that is that game in Dallas, that last play, which everybody's talking about, obviously, or wasn't really the last play, but should right. have been. Um, I thought it was a brilliant call. I thought the Lions did it exactly by the book. There's people <laughs> crying, saying, oh, they tried to decept them. And it, it, I, 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 I'm, I'm speechless. It's one of the mm. most gut-wrenching losses I have ever seen coming on a brilliant, brilliant play call and execution. There we are. We're set up. What do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, again, you, you talked about texting uh, your your threads and us and stuff during the Michigan game with, with emotion. Mm-hmm. I do the same also during Lions games. And I was pretty annoyed with Ben Johnson throughout that game. I just feel like he was being a little too conservative with his play calling. But again, they were in position to win. So again, I'm not on that staff. I don't, you know, I'm just a, a fan on the couch or whatever. But he dialed up a play like that at the perfect time. It was executed perfectly, like the actual play. The the debate obviously is who who actually reported and all that. And you 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 just got to take people at their word. You know, basically is what it comes down to because there's no video, there's no microphone to hear what happened. So you're taking people at their word, but when you watch the video, I feel like it's fairly obvious what happened. I mean, Dan Campbell said he explained to the refs before the game, this is a play we're going to run. I'm telling you who's going to report and all that stuff. But again, that's hours before the game. So did the ref forget, you know, who knows, but Dan Campbell did his job. Yeah. If, if they're trying to deceive, deceive the Cowboys, I mean, that you do that all the time. It's part with of the play game. action passes. That's deception with motion, with shifts. I mean, that's just what you do. So the whole people that are mad, well, the Lions shouldn't have ran three linemen over there to deceive the They're Cowboys. They're just it's stupid. Like, They're just stupid. Right. Yeah, you. of course you're going to do that. So that, you know, throw that out the window. I honestly just think the, the ref blew it. Yeah. I think the ref, you know, when you watch the video, which now it's three, four days ago, people have watched it a hundred times. Sewell and Decker are over there and you can see Skipper trotting in and you can almost see the ref like look over at Skipper. I don't know if Decker was saying, Hey, I'm the one that's eligible. You know, I don't know what exactly was said, but it's almost like the ref just saw Skipper running in and just assumed 70 and then ran over there and announced it. You know, I think the ref just 100% dropped the ball and whether he thinks he heard Decker say, but that's the whole thing too. Like Decker couldn't say 70 is eligible. Skipper would have to be the one to go there and say, I am the eligible receiver. So that's the whole weird part about it. It's just all of those things. People, we're not telling every anyone anything new. This, right. this has been talked about a bunch, but I just, I, I think 100% the ref dropped the ball. And, you know, then, then the debate comes after that penalty. Should the Lions have just kicked the extra point? I don't know. They get the Micah Par- Parsons offsides. They get another chance. And yeah. then, eh, I mean, I I think at that point that there was so up, much chaos going on. There was so much chaos. And that, that last play that ended up not working. Yeah, not a good throw. I just, and it wasn't a great throw. And then it's to Mitchell. Like, 
a bit third or fourth string tight end. Exactly. I would have liked to see that be Laporta do something else to St. Brown. So that, you know, it was just chaos. And then that last play, I was just kind of like, what, what the heck was that? So and yeah, hindsight is always kick the extra point, you know, maybe, you know, see what happens, but it's not Campbell told his guys, you know, in the press conference, he said, we're going to score and I'm going for two. So he's saying, I don't care how many times we have to try this. We're yeah. going for two. We're trying to win the game. So yeah, I don't even worry crazy. about it's, that. It's just, you it's know? just crazy. I, I, they ran the play. It was successful and they got freaking screwed. You know, <laughs> I don't want to felt- I would have felt better if the referee would have come clean afterwards. Yeah. I mean, there, there's been such a spin on that whole thing that just drives me absolutely crazy. Did you yeah. sit up and watch the the post game? You know, Scott Mempel, basically where they brought in. Uh, oh yeah, who ESPN? You know, Dean Blandino. It wasn't Dean whoever Dean their Blandino, counterpart but, is. Yeah, right. I, I saw that. And what an idiot. Van <laughs> the player. <laughs> I mean, they put those guys in tough spots. Like they're they're, they're they have the refs back. It, I it's it the whole thing was like I don't understand why we have review we we review exactly. every goddamn play like even last night in the Texas were Washington running back makes a great catch to get it down to the twelve yard line it's like um, incredible like back to back to back to back plays by Texas where it's like wow they might actually score then they do a review after it's like it's essentially a catch and then they review it oh it play stands there goes all the Texas momentum and with with all that being said the scoring play it's confusing as hell there they reported who was eligible the wrong guy the referee why don't we take a look at it it's like what are these guys in uh whatever Secaucus? i know that's what it is in the nba where the hell are these guys and why are they not stopping the play on that one like whoa let's slow down what's going on let's rush, make sure right? we got this right this is chaos it was chaos like you said it's like why are we just like like let's help these refs out a little bit. Like right. I almost put that on whatever the infrastructure is. Like stop the play. Let's look at it. Um, the way the Lions were freaking out, you had a feeling that they kind of got boned, and sure enough, they did. Troy Aikman was a little bit lost uh, when he was initially breaking it down because they they announced over the loudspeaker that Skipper was eligible. And Skipper wasn't eligible at all. They never even right. said he was. So it was it, it was a shit show. Um, and it really sucks. I, I, a lot of people are kind of taking the take. Oh, it doesn't matter. We'll see him in a couple weeks. Doesn't I do not matter. want to go to Dallas. No, <laughs> dear God, I don't want to go to Dallas. Uh, no, it does. It one hundred percent matters because Detroit could be hosting. They so the Niners, Forty exactly. ers clinched a number one seed. Philly Basically, lost. that would have given the Lions a number two seed and home field until they maybe have to go to San Francisco. Right. So yeah, yeah, the difference between a second round home playoff game and yeah maybe having to go to dallas or having to go somewhere else so it was a huge deal and of course it was one of those against the lions yeah you know like it we've just seen it play out so many times that that's what's frustrating and yeah the whole you could review it but then it'd still be like but sit you don't know because you're reviewing it and then you're just going off of what the ref Unless there was a, a body, why cam. is that even a, a rule? That's like, wh- wh- why is reporting even a rule? It, what am I yeah. missing on that? Why is that a thing? Well, I mean, I think it just goes back to, thing. right? It just right? goes back to you have to have like you know the five linemen, and right. you have to have so many linemen, so many guys on the line of scrimmage. You know, it's just like the rules of NFL. You know, it'd be the same as like, why can't you hold? Well, that's that's the yeah. Rule. I just you, I you don't. It's, it is kind of right. It is, but. Because otherwise, well, you could always just have your center snap the ball and then run out for a pass. It, it seems or, like it just is like destroying a whole part of like you're talking about the gamesmanship and like the deception. And it's like 
why even run the it's like it's kind of amazing these plays work anyway when you have to announce that this guy is an eligible receiver every time and just put basically a big old target on his back so it just it it, it just made me sick watching it i mean what a it was a what a roller coaster of a game a great game kind of like that uh, awesome game uh it's like you didn't really necessarily feel like either team played their best game but it, it, they were throwing haymakers back and forth. Yeah. I mean, we, this is an old hat at this or old news at this point, but that Derek Barnes safety oh. that turned into a 90 yard pop. I mean, that play felt like it was going on in slow motion. Uh, and it, of course, I mean, you can't expect uh, DB in the NFL to hold up for 10 seconds, which is what it felt like he had to cover CD Lamb for. Right. Uh, and you just got a big touchdown over the what top. Was Barnes That's my one doing? How do you not st- turn your arms well, out? It, and but everybody's saying it's the roughing the passer, basically, where and it's not even like an excuse. I don't just tackle him, man. He, yeah. I, I actually made the joke like to people are watching the game with, like, I tell you what, if he would have, un- if uh, Dak would have uncorked that ball, you know that he would have just smoked him. I swear, right. these defensive linemen and linebackers, as soon as you let go of the ball, that's like it's like their eyes light up and they're like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go cream this guy, but because he <laughs> held it and like just whiffed on it, there's not, a, I think it's the whole roughing the passer thing, but it, what I don't know, you, yeah, you know, that the penalty is in the back of his mind, he doesn't want to hit Dak. I almost wonder if because you saw the replay, the low, the low end zone replay, like the, the seas parted. And Barnes had, I mean, a straight shot, shot at him. You almost wonder if he, in his mind, was like, it, like maybe he didn't see Dak still had the ball. So maybe he was like, there's no way I have this wide open shot on Dak. So that's why he didn't hit him. Maybe he thought Dak already threw it. So that's why he kind of, he even kind of like got out of Dak's way. He kind of like <laughs> went around him. It was just like, yeah, maybe he, he didn't want to get the roughing the passer. He didn't know. It was just, and then of course it turns into a 90 yard. Killer, man. So it was just a complete back. It could have been a safety mm-hmm. turns into a touchdown. Big um, turnaround. You know, CD Lamb just cooked us all night. I think it showed. Cam, Cam Sutton is he's a he's a solid corner. He, he's not an elite shutdown corner by no. any means because CD Lamb is one of the best. Everybody's in been the NFL. ripping them apart. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and they kept doing the damn slant. I mean, I loved it because that's what. <laughs> So half of my catches came on right. in, in high school, but whatever's working, clearly Mike McCarthy was like, they can't cover this slant. Here you go. High school right. peewee football route, five-yard slant, five-yard slant. Five, and it was just like, dude, please undercut the slant. I don't care if they turn it into a double move. Please undercut the slant. But something. <laughs> I think it did. The defense played well. We've been, you know, Detroit's defense has gotten ripped rightfully so the last couple of years because they haven't been very good. But they did what they needed to. Dallas at home had basically basically been scoring like 42 points a game. Yep. And they, they did well. They, you know, forced a turnover. They, you know, did some good three and outs. And they they got after Dak. The defense did enough. I think you know where I got – you know where, where I'm going to go with this. I think it just showed the limitations. I'm not going full-on Rip Goff. I'm, I'm not that. That's not what I'm doing. <laughs> well, I, just, it, I think it just showed the limitations of what he is because – he did then on that last drive. That that's what's annoying with golf. That's why yeah, so it was like the there. McCarthy game. It's kind of what it reminded me of. It's like where the whole game you're kind of like, well, what what this has been kind of ugly, and then they have one great drive, and it's like, right. what what is my opinion now? It's like right because that last drive, I mean, he was making boom boom darts darts darts, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, what are you doing? Because then previously in the game, what he had two interceptions, and both those interceptions were pretty ugly, yeah. and those were the ones where I'm like, this is this is like where you're not gonna if he plays like this. You're not going to make it to the Super Bowl. 
Right. But then on that last drive, if he plays like that, you can beat anyone. So and that's where I'm just like, oh, golf, like what the hell are you doing? It's right. tough to watch sometimes. <laughs> I, you know, and that drive was pretty phenomenal at that time. And then, you know, give him a little credit on that, uh, that soft touch pass to Decker too. He could have overthrown that. It was right yep. on the money. So right on the money. So I just it's one of those like the people saying it doesn't matter. Golf, it, it he's so much better at home. When he's at home, and I know Dallas is indoors, but you know, it's still road, it's still the crazy environment with Cowboys fans. I think it, it's a big deal for the Lions to not be at home. That first round game, cool. I, I don't care if it is the Rams and Stafford, you know, whoever it ends up being. I, right. I think they can beat whoever they match up with in the first round at Ford Field. Second round, you know, you never know what's going to happen. But I, I, I feel good. Like I, if it seems like it would be a replay of what we just saw, Dallas versus the Lions, and I think the Lions are the better team, and so I, I'll take my chances. I mean, it was almost lightning in a bottle. I mean, hopefully, Aiden Hutchinson can replicate what he did. I mean, five TFLs. That was three. He single handedly like won that game for the Lions if they had if they would have if they would have won. Uh, yeah. And so you kind of hate seeing a great performance like that in a losing effort because i mean he really did play awesome it's what we've been waiting to see you know we saw once last year in the green bay game you know brightest lights and this was the brightest light so far this year and he played great hopefully we can see one of those in the playoffs um we're going to need it uh for sure if we want to get you know whatever uh nfc's championship or or try to somehow get to the super bowl we're going to need him at his best so that kind of sucked, but I worry about protecting Micah Parsons. I feel like we kind of were standing on our head a little bit with – I mean, he still played great. He's so freaking good. I worry about him, like, kind of wrecking a game in the playoffs yeah. at Dallas where we know they're so much better than they are on the road. Mm-hmm. But the good news is, and we all can agree on this, it is a dome. So, at yeah. least if it's on the road, it's not going to be – we're not heading to Philadelphia, which right. might as well chalk that up as an L right now with Jared Goff. So, yeah. we'll take it. It's in a dome. It's it's it, – I think it's a team that we can beat, but yeah. the Rams game. I mean, you guys aren't nervous about that. It's going to be awesome. Awesome. Oh yes. Game. I'm nervous. Yeah. <laughs> but And especially with what we see these wide receiver ones have been doing to our, to our corners. I mean, they got a couple studs in Nakua and Cooper cup and Stafford's playing great. So I'm, I'm very worried about that game, but it's going to be awesome to watch. And if you yeah. can't beat the Rams, then this isn't that, you know, Super Bowl contender that we thought they were. Right. So it's like, just let's enjoy this game. It's going to be awesome. Storylines probably going to be the, the night game on, whatever that is, Sunday night or Saturday night, first round of playoffs. So I can't wait for it. Yeah, I mean, if, if that's how it shakes out, we, we know, even though I'm, I'm a Stafford fan, I'm not the Lions fans that are like, I don't know who I'm going to root for if they're playing this, the, the Rams. <laughs> come on. No, come on. All right, Stafford got his Super Bowl. We're, we're done with that whole thing. He, he got his it's, – it's all Lions now. But the one thing we know about Stafford is he's probably going to throw a pick. He, yep. He's going to give you one, one or two throws in a game – that are going to be head scratching. And if that happens, the Lions have to take advantage of it. And hopefully that is. And if we're at home, hopefully Goff plays one of those games where he throws three touchdowns for 280 yards or, you know, whatever, plays a clean game. Montgomery and Gibbs, they, they've seemed to figure out their one-two punch at running back. The offensive line is playing incredible. Um, the defense, like we said, has actually improved a little bit. If they can pressure, we know Stafford. Stafford's more mobile than Goff, but he's not. Lamar Jackson by any means. So, you know, if you can pressure Stafford, get after him, you know, I, I think that that's a matchup. Yeah. Stafford could go back to Ford field and light us up for four touchdowns mm-hmm. or he could throw a couple picks and, you know, and, and the lions win, but what do you guys, so, so the lions still have one more game in the regular season at home versus the Vikings basically doesn't no implications on that game. You know, yeah. the playoffs for the most part of, or they are what they are. 
should they rest some guys? Like, do you, do you think use this as that like buy, you know? And I don't know if, the, if any of the offensive linemen are a little banged up, you know, maybe rest them. Or do you want, are you like, no, go into this game, play it. Don't ruin any sort of momentum. Like where, what do you guys kind of feel on that? If, if guys are, are like really banged up and they could really use a week off, I'd give them a week off, but I, I think you got to try to win it. You treat it just like it's another week. Yeah. I, I feel like it really is like a momentum killer. And, and I bet you these, they want to get like that bad taste out of their mouth. I bet before right. they get the playoffs from, from that Dallas game. Um, so no, I want to see him go out and just bludgeon the Vikings. Really, uh, I want to see him treat it like it's a playoff game. I want to, you know, maybe if if we can, let's put him away early and let's rest the guys in the second half. Yeah. Uh, I, that's probably not likely, but no, I think you you all chips are in the middle of the table. You play it like it's a playoff game. Yeah, uh, I tend if, to agree if with those that. Those guys then rest them, but yeah. other than that, play. Yeah, if somebody's banged up and really needs the week off, okay, but otherwise, go for the win. Get that momentum yeah. going into the playoffs. That's how I look at it. Yeah. Pretty wild though to still, I mean, we tied off Michigan talking about man national title, even with that ridiculous uh, game in in Dallas. Talking about the Lions hosting a playoff game. I mean, I Ted, have you even entertained? Have you looked at tickets, or are you just nope? I'm I'm staying home. No, it's it's just too nice watching it on high def, you yeah. know, big TV. I, it would be kind of cool to go be part of the atmosphere but no i'm gonna watch it on the yeah. television you know i'm gonna soak it up probably have a little in-house party with our football snacks and just do it up but it's yeah. gonna be fun for sure um yeah i have one to tell th- go ahead Derek. Oh, one thing that's sorry i was uh look at you at what were you gonna say because i'm really entertaining to hear it seems like you were going somewhere fun with that and then i don't I'll know if go. it's fun but it was a thought <laughs> that i had uh you know it's not, i'm not gonna get too sentimental here but just thinking about my dad and this right. year, the Corona Cavaliers make it to Ford Field, Michigan in the national championship game, and the Detroit Lions legitimate Super Bowl contenders. I mean, you know, it gets corny when people say, yeah, he's looking down, you know, and all that stuff. But if he could have just got one more year out of it, what, how awesome would right. that have been? You I know? have thought about that. It is like it's a, it was such a perfect storm for yeah. everything that he loved. Uh, so yeah, it is. You just like you said. I mean, it's cliche, but yeah, he's looking down, loving every second of it. You know, he's loving that Rose Bowl victory. Yeah, uh, for yeah. sure. So um, yeah, it's, but not, what it's not corny. I, I think it, it is happening. I mean, you you know better than me. You you watched how many games did you watch with him? Michigan, that's, Corona, that's, or Lions? I mean, you you a lot know. of losses. That's <laughs> that's yeah. what I miss the most, though, going over there for these games. You know, we've had him on our instant reaction videos, and yep. the old fart loved his football. I'll tell you that yeah, much. And he, he still he still knew football all the way up to the end. So, Dad, looking down, that's that's pretty cool. It is I, cool, I, and it is. We've we've talked about it before, for especially for us when you add in the the Corona thing, the the absolutely. high school run, but then even just other fans that are Michigan and Lions fans. It is this never. It's never played out like this. I mean, Ted, you you remember better than me. I mean, I'm looking back to like the early 90s when the yeah. Lions were good. Michigan was good then, but they were that was the like Michigan would always go eight and four, nine and right. three, you know, type of thing. They didn't win the title until 97. The Lions were good then. You know, that was towards the end of Barry's run. Right. But you know, they weren't Super Bowl contenders. So it's never played out where the Lions and Michigan, at least in my lifetime, Lions and Michigan are both Super Bowl slash national title contenders in the same season. Absolutely. And like like Jared said, it's perfect storm this year with the Corona Cavaliers on top of that. Yeah. I mean, here we are. What a time to host a podcast that focuses <laughs> right. on Corona, Michigan, and the Detroit Lions. I mean, yeah, it's usually, amazing. 
usually by by New Year's, I mean, we're trying to move on to the Pistons or we're yeah. trying to move on to you yeah. know what whatever else is going on but you know we've actually got we've got hopefully the lions keep it going we've got a few more weeks of the lions we got love it national title next week yeah it's, it's a uh, great time to be alive boys uh, hey since you brought uh, up the well business. i'm sorry i got one thing i've been waiting so yeah um i feel like i cut you off like three times today i'm sorry <laughs> all right um got a lot to talk about yeah, yeah. I, I will say and just i'm throwing this out there i don't know if it's good it's probably not good that i did this but when michigan was you know fumbling that game away and i was just sick to my stomach watching it i did have the thought cross my mind as i was walking to the bathroom like i would trade like i basically i had the thought like i don't even want to like i knew we were doing this pod today it's like God, if Michigan loses this game, I don't want to talk about the Lions. Like, I'm football now is really how it felt. So I kind of thought, I was like, man, dude, I would just win this goddamn game. I don't care yeah. what happens with the rest of the season with the Lions. Just win this goddamn game. So yep. I think what basically what I was saying is when my true allegiances show and what matters to me, it's Michigan. It's Michigan football. At one. I follow you. Is that where you guys are? You guys are you guys Lions? <sighs> man, it's tough, man. We, I know we've talked about it. When again, Ted, you said this last week. Yeah. If you tee it up, a Lions Super Bowl or a Michigan national championship, it's hard for me not to say a Lions Super Bowl. Right. If you talk about a singular game, yeah, I wanted Michigan to win that Rose Bowl and beat Alabama. I don't, the if Lions in the first round of the playoffs, I will take Michigan in the Rose Bowl over Alabama over Lions first round playoff game. 100%. If we go farther to the Super Bowl, no, it's a Lions Super Bowl. Yeah. Michigan has one, you know, whatever, Michigan, they are what they are. So I, I'm with you though. That Rose Bowl last night, I wanted, I would have almost texted you guys and been like, "Hey, I'm sick. I can't do the podcast, man." If if they would have lost that game, I, was, yeah. I can't can't do this. I but, probably would have texted you and say, "I the hell with the instant reaction video." I'll tell yeah, you that. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got nothing to say after that if they would have lost. So I, I hear you on that. That game, it it's not almost like icing on the cake because now you're in the national title game. You want to win the national title for sure. But getting that Rose Bowl win over Bama that does like it puts Harbaugh in the program up here yeah. kind of the same. So now I say that about eh, first round playoff game of the lions. No, once you get to the playoffs, now you want to win different story. <laughs> well, I mean, it definitely, definitely made us with Michigan winning that game, have a more upbeat podcast. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, to bring it back down to wrap up this program, the Pistons finally got a win, you know, how sweet that was to see, but now the rest of the season, I think we were talking off air. It's going to be tough to get, uh, viewers watching the Pistons, if they had kept that streak alive, people would have been tuned in. I don't know. It was it, the, the that streak. It was kind of ironic, and I saw like a lot of people were like, it was almost like the play, the Pistons were playing in playoff games for yeah. like a week there. I mean, that Celtics game, one of the Unreal. best NBA regular season games I've watched in a long time. Same here. I mean, back and forth, both teams that were you know throwing knockout punches. Uh, Celtics were down by twenty at halftime. They come thundering out of the gates in the third quarter, knotted up. Lions hit a big, or excuse me, Pistons hit a big shot to send it to OT. But yeah, they finally got the win, uh, beat the Raptors, uh, very next game. So just thank God, man. I mean, it's, I'm glad it's over, but there was something interesting and, and kind of fun and, and everybody on a national scale watching those, those games when they were on that streak. That was, it was kind of fun to work them and, and kind of just fun to be a part of it and, and watch those games unfold because it was you could tell that nobody wanted to be the team that lost it. That's for sure. Uh, and the Pistons just my God, they just wanted to get that monkey off their back. So it made for some really entertaining games uh, yeah. down the stretch. So that that win was on Saturday night. Did yep. we sacrifice the Lions so the Pistons could get uh, yeah. their, that win? People were saying almost... that. <laughs> Which, I, uh, I went back and forth. I was going back and forth between the two. I'll be honest about that. 
No, give give me. I would have taken that Lions win for sure. We're talking about that. Say, yeah, keep keep that Pistons streak going. Yeah, but, <laughs> talking about trades. That's a trade. You, that's a that's a that's a that's like the uh, Stafford Goff trade where you like look back like, man, we kind of got destroyed in that trade. Right. Uh, but it it is what it is. No, no, I mean the Pistons. Is, yeah. Are they gonna are they gonna win ten games and not be the all time worst team? That's the big question, right? It's tough because it, it's starting to move towards midseason. It's getting close to, you know, that point. And 10 games, you you have to think that 10-game mark is, if you don't win that, that's all-time just awful. That's almost worse than 0-16 yeah. for the Lions. But I, I think they will. You know, I think when it gets to the second half of the season, when some teams kind of start to check out right. or, you know, guys are starting to rest, maybe getting ready for the playoffs, I think they'll be able to rip off, get up to – 12 wins maybe 14 something like that but i don't know that this that team's pretty bad in detroit they didn't start the year right i mean they just lost by like 30 to the rockets on new year's yep. day so yeah i started 2024 any better than 2023 but yeah we'll see i mean i think we'll find out over the next few weeks what this team is i i mean if they go on another losing streak it's like man they just really start that good i mean that might be what we say anyway but yeah. hopefully that was a bit of a learning experience they figure out what it takes to win in this league and they start to kind of figure it out a little bit amen all right well i think we made it through another podcast fellas uh fun one to talk about the michigan wolverines that's for sure but uh, i want to thank all our viewers and listeners and special partners including memorial Healthcare's wellness center make sure you sign up for a 2024 membership, 15% off. Get yourself healthy and get in shape. More details at memorialhealthcare.org. Also want to thank our regular partners, AZ Branding Solutions, Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rival Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. And by the way, I want to also special thanks to Jacobs Insurance Agency, our sponsors of the Prep Spotlight. You know, teams have been on a hiatus. They'll be back in full swing coming up, but just a promo brought to you by Jacobs, the Z92.5 Castle Game of the Week to start the new year this coming Friday, January 5th. Should be a fun one. If you're a casual fan, go on out to the Langsburg Wolfpack gym and check out uh, Xander Woodruff and the team. They take on Plymouth Christian. I don't know much about Plymouth Christian, but I'm assuming they're probably pretty good, and that'll be the game of the week, and uh, get on out. If you can't make it to the game, definitely tune in to Casey and Joe for the live play-by-play. That'll do it. Peace and love, everybody. Be kind. Thanks for listening, and Happy New Year once again. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan Chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to Three Point Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.